Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You, you might remember decades ago, it came up recently too, um, President John F. Kennedy challenged Americans to be their best, promising to put a man on the moon, right? The so-called moonshot. Uh, Joe Biden brought it out again uh, this year when it comes to fighting cancer and slashing cancer deaths in half. Um, it's become to mean anything that... Uh, is an extraordinary challenge that can lead a nation to greatness, basically. Putting it out there saying, we're going to do this. Our next guest is one of the authors of a piece in the Financial Post that argues that Canada's moonshot is here, and it's in agriculture. We're going to be chatting with Keith Halliday, a director with Boston Consulting Group's Center for Canada's Future. Keith, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Hi, Shay. Thanks for the invitation. Um, okay, to start, when we talk about Canada's agriculture industry, it's massive, right? I mean, it is a giant, giant sector of our economy already, isn't it? It is, absolutely. I, I think most Canadians don't realize how big and important it is because, you know, 200,000 farms, but before that, if you think about it end-to-end, you got the fertilizer industry, you have the processing, you have the packaged goods, grocery, all of us cooking at home, disposing of the waste. You know, all of that is actually a huge share of our economy and also of our carbon emissions. And so when we've got all of this going on and all the economic activity, things obviously we know, like every sector of our economy right now, there's obstacles. There, there, there's challenges, right? I mean, we know we, we heard that this was probably the most expensive crop ever planted in Canada, the one that we just got through. It turned out well in the end, but there's some challenges right now, aren't there? Yeah, there are. And, you know, we were talking with our friends at RBC and the Aral Food Institute out east at the University of Guelph about the challenges in the agriculture sector. But And we started to decided to do this study together. But the more we got into it, the more sort of optimistic and excited we got. And that's where the moonshot idea comes in here, because we think Canada has the potential to really lead the world in two things. Uh, number one, actually producing way more food, because there's going to be two billion more people on planet Earth in 2050 than there are today, and they've got to eat. And then number two, do that while also reducing our carbon emissions, because climate change is, you know, a huge challenge for the planet and for Canada. Um, and as we talked, looked at what people were saying out there, they were talking about, oh, we need to reduce carbon emissions, or we need to do this or that. But we think we need to do both. We need to figure out, and this is the wicked challenge that makes it a moonshot, we need to produce more food while cutting our carbon emissions. But that is the new reality, right? That's the new normal. That's the challenge that needs to be met going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we when we dug into this, you know, the, the agriculture system, I think, you know, it, it's very complex, a lot of moving parts. You think about, you know, there's fertilizer, there's the emissions from, you know, tractors and on-farm power sources. There is uh, the, the emissions like the, the, uh, the emissions of manure from cattle and what they call enteric fermentation, which is, you know, the burps and farts from cattle, which have a lot of methane. doesn't sound like that would be a big deal. Actually, if you look at the numbers, it is a big deal. Um, so, you know, reducing all of these things is going to require, you know, it's going to be difficult 
But the, the thing that came out from our study was that, number one, a lot of the things that Alberta and Canadian farmers are doing already are already managing those carbon emissions down quite impressively. But then also there's this huge and innovative sector of the Canadian technology and innovation space. There's scientists at universities, startups, scale-ups, you know, it's robotics, it's plant science, it's all, you know, all kind of, you know, satellite uh, you know, monitoring of uh, the landscape and, and et cetera, et cetera. So a whole bunch of really high-tech and innovative things are going on where Canada is actually a leader. Like we looked at all of the private equity and venture capital deals in the agricultural space around the world, and Canada gets 3% of that, which is basically double our share of the global economy. So there's a lot going on in that space that really makes us optimistic about this. So would it be fair to say, you know, some of these challenges that we've talked about can also be seen as opportunities, and we're already stepping into that space to, to meet the challenge and seize the opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, there's one uh, one thing that came up repeatedly that your some of your the listeners to the show might be driving by right now, which is Nutrien's Redwater Facility, right? Like they are, you know, for a couple of years now, they've been capturing the carbon from the fertilizer production process and storing it through the Alberta Carbon Trunk Line underground. And uh, that is actually a world-leading kind of facility you know, we're an international consulting firm, so we've we've been talking to colleagues in other countries and clients, and they're saying, like, look at this facility in Canada, how innovative it is. So I think that's just one example of how Canada has an exam- ability to, to, you know, do it at home, but then also to ex- export that expertise and these low-carbon products around the world could be, a, you know, it's both an obligation for us to help feed all the people on the planet uh, we've been doing that for you know more than 100 years in Canada, uh, but it's also a big economic opportunity for farmers and for you know the Alberta technology sector. Um, where does government and and policy and those sorts of things? We know they can be a help, they can be a hindrance. What do we need to do on the policy front to make sure that we're not getting in the way here? Yeah, so this is a big, uh, this is big both an opportunity and a challenge because you know one of the recommendations of our report is that we need a more joined up form a partnership between the private sector, the researchers, and provincial and federal government agencies, because, you know, the government is setting some targets for Canada to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions, move forward. It also has some policies to support, you know, agriculture technology innovation, farmers, you know, making these changes. But one thing that came out super clear in our report is that you know, there needs to be more support and economic incentives and, and risk support for farmers because they're they're going to be the ones that are going to be maybe changing how they put on fertilizer, changing how they manage their soil and their products. This is not free. It's real effort and cost for them. And buyers of food, government agencies, um, financial institutions need to recognize that and, and share the burden fairly. Are we doing that? Are we being proactive here? Are we doing the things we need to do? Or are we going to be playing catch-up? Are there other countries that are already doing some of these things you're talking about? Well, there's some countries, um, you know, for example, the Netherlands, even Singapore, that are, you know, very active in the agricultural technology space and maybe are a step ahead of us. But also Canada is a step ahead of a lot of other countries. You know, for example, that nutrient plant, that kind of facility does not exist in a lot of countries in terms of taking carbon out of fertilizer. So we're making progress. You know, the glass is half full, but there is more to be done. And I, I think, you know, one of the final wrap-up recommendations in our report is that um, agriculture is actually a sexy, innovative space these days. It's very exciting. More young people should get into it. And Canada overall should think about agriculture uh, uh, not just as something that, uh, that feeds us, which it does, but as kind of a national mission. Like if Canada can show the way 
for countries in Europe and other parts of the world and for, you know, certain states in the U.S. to follow our path, producing more food while taking out carbon emissions, that would be a fantastic accomplishment for our country. And, and I think maybe we should be a little bit more bold about saying that. I, I think you're right. Uh, I, I'm wondering how specific you get in those recommendations. If you take a look at Kennedy, we're going to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. Joe Biden said, I think we're going to cut cancer deaths in the next 20 years. Something like, like he gave specific markers. How specific do you get? Well, in our report, we talk about how if, if we're just, if Canada's just to maintain its share of the global calories that are out there, uh, as 10 billion people are on the planet, we have to increase our food output by 26% by 2050. And we also have, uh, we also have some analysis that suggests, you know, using a mix of existing practices and high tech, you know, we could reduce the greenhouse gas emissions from our food production by about 40%. And, you know, that's going to require hard work, but I think it sort of dimensionalizes or gives you an idea of the size mm-hmm. of the, the change that would be needed um, and the opportunity out there. It's very interesting, and, and it, it is such a huge sector. You're right. And, and, and the advances sort of happen... <sighs> forgive the word, organically, but I mean, they do. They The farmers sort of take, and their skill set has changed so much over the years, right? We have the impression of what farming is. It's not. It's high tech. There's multiple skill sets. So they're positioned to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we did a podcast series, that the RBC Disruptors podcast series, which had a lot of interviews with farmers, including from Alberta. And it was amazing to hear them talk about their business. And I think a lot of my colleagues in Toronto, if I could say it, we're a little bit surprised yeah, at how yeah. high tech and sophisticated um, these business agribusinesses were. And I think the other thing that came out for us is there's no one size fits all answer here because, you know, being a canola producer or a wheat producer in Alberta is totally different than, you know, tomatoes in a greenhouse in southern Ontario yeah. or potatoes on Prince Edward Island. Different technologies, different cost pressures, different markets. That also makes moving forward on this more complicated. And I think it means we're going to need to have more sort of regional partnerships and, and, you know, crop region specific, you know, projects, but, you know, uh, it's all possible. Interesting. Very interesting stuff. Uh, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate being here, Keith. No, thanks a lot, Jay. Have a great day. You too. That's Keith Halliday, who is the director of Boston Consulting Group's Center for Canada's Future. I like it. You know, a moonshot. Let's take a look at these challenges, call them opportunities, and see what we can do to capitalize. And he's right. I mean, our agriculture industry is massive. It's enormous. And there's all kinds of diverse skill sets, all kinds of technology. So we're already jumping into that space. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.